Hey, Beauty Needs Me fam. Welcome to another episode. I am one of your hosts, Judy. And I'm the other host, Talia. And this is Beauty Needs Me, where we host honest conversations about beauty, skincare, and self-care that cross color, culture, and country lines. And today, our guest is Jessica Nichols. Hello. She is the former executive assistant to Anna Wintour and the current director of special events at Vogue. Yes. And that's right. Anna Wintour is an editor-in-chief at Vogue. Yes. You got it. (laughs) You got it. For those who have no clue. Right. (laughs) So let's start um, from the beginning, right? So you were born and what happened next? (laughs) A lot happened. <laughs> what time of day? What time of day? What's right. your sun rising? Your it's moon so rising? No. Exactly, girl. I've been actually trying to figure all of that stuff out. I don't think I, my mom remembers any of that. Um, so it's actually funny that I'm in the fashion industry because I had no background in fashion whatsoever. Um, I studied broadcast journalism at Western Kentucky University, and then I went on to get my master's in strategic communications at American University. So, like, literally no upbringing in fashion whatsoever. So you're from Kentucky? I am from Kentucky, girl. 502. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I was an event planner in D.C., and I was looking for another job and I was like, okay, let me just look anywhere. My friend sent me an application. I did the whole thing and then here I am. So that's like a fast forward, um, I guess a very, very quick review of what's happened and how I got here. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. so, you, so you've been in New York for how long? Three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you moved up here to take the job with Vogue. Yes, I did. And it was a whirlwind, you guys. Like, wow. I just never saw myself in New York ever, ever. Wow. Yeah. Now, how long were you in D.C. for? So I grew up, so I'm originally from Kentucky, but I grew up in Potomac, Maryland. Okay. So I went to high school, all of that there. Um, and I started working at the Kennedy Center in special events, and I was there for three years as well. Okay. Wait yeah. a minute. Do you watch The Real House? I was just about to ask. <laughs> I do. I do. That I'm is, I, I totally watched that show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yes. been watching that one this season, but I did see that Nene is leaving Real Housewives of Atlanta, and I was like, this shit is never going to be the same. It's not. She it's left not. before, though, and then came back. She might come back. She but I, I... Back. I only started watch, re-watching Potomac because um, one of my friends from undergrad is on the show now, Wendy. Oh. So oh. That's, I, I like wasn't watching it and then found out she was going to be on it. I was like, okay, nah, I'm tuned in every Sunday, yeah, 9 p.m. Absolutely, yeah. On Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it was so exciting. Like I would always go to the different places that they would go to and I'm like, I wonder if they're going to be on camera here. <laughs> Like, I just thought it was so cool. I thought it was the coolest. So did yeah. you have any connection to fashion and beauty in your home life growing up? Or was it just like you weren't even tuned in at all? And then all of a sudden you were just thrust into it? Yeah, no, I was definitely tuned in. I think it's kind of a part of all of our daily lives. You know, what am I wearing? What do I look like? Um, when I was younger, I actually wanted to model. 
And so like I did a couple of competitions trying to get booked by an agency. So like I was a little aware of what's happening in the fashion world, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't really until I started at Vogue where I started to have a deeper appreciation for the process that goes into making the clothes. Mm. Um, Yeah. So it it was, I learned very, very fast (laughs) when I got into Vogue, but it, it, I don't think that during my upbringing, I just had a a grasp of what really fashion was. I think like, you know, I shopped at Old Navy and um, the Gap, TJ Maxx. Is TJ, yeah, they have clothes. (laughs) First of all, TJ Maxx is still a winner, okay? So. (laughs) (laughs) They really have some great pieces, you know, but like, if you asked me about Louis Vuitton, I wouldn't have known anything. I would be like, oh yeah, like the rich people have it. I just wouldn't have, you know, it didn't occur to me. I didn't need to wear that. Like, yeah, I didn't feel that I needed it, but yeah, that's how I was with fashion with beauty. I was always surrounded by anything with skincare because my sister had really bad acne growing up. So that's all I heard. And I did anything that she did. So Mm. she was washing her face. I would wash my face and like, I, but I have dry skin. Like I don't actually need (laughs) to wash my face as much as she did, but yeah, it was just, I think I grew up more in the beauty realm of things versus the high fashion. Yeah. Is your sister older? Yeah, she is. She's four years older than me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you said you do anything she did, I'm like, okay. Yep. An older <laughs> I was even using proactive and I had nothing on my What? <laughs> you burning your whole that, face off. <laughs> that is a ride or die sibling right there. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Whatever she did, that was, I was right there. So how would you say that your, how has your personal style evolved since working at Vogue? Oh, it's evolved tremendously. And honestly, it's weird. So my exposure to what's out there has just grown so much. Um, I think I've, I don't know. It's hard because I want to say that I have like one set personal style, but I really don't. It's really a combination of all of the places I've lived in life. Sometimes like the situation that I'm going to, like, Mm -hmm. I like to say I'm a situational dresser. So it really depends, Mm -hmm. but I think I'm just more confident in whatever I wear. Like I know the history behind it or like the design, like I just appreciate it a little bit more. And it really just helps to reflect how I'm feeling that day. And I think Mm -hmm. just having a better understanding of that has allowed me to wear it with much more pride than I did before. I love Mm -hmm. that. Okay, so let's let's just talk about, okay, because I have a background of being an executive assistant. I was an executive assistant at Kate Spade and it was literally one of the best experiences of my life. But I'm sure that my interview process and my experience was very different from yours. <laughs> and I was even telling um, Duty, I was even telling her how I was reading this article and they were going through all of Anna's executive assistants. And they were all very like one specific kind of person. It was like, you know, the descendant of the Swanson food empire. It's like yeah. all of these really elite, rich white girls who get mm-hmm. this position and then it, it elevates them to their next position. So when you applied, when you were interviewing, what was that like for you? It was different. And to be honest, I didn't even apply for the job. I was there to actually interview for a freelance position with the events team. Um, wow. And yeah. And so the director at the time, she actually used to be Anna's assistant 
for years. And she thought that since I already had previous experience and this was a freelance position, she thought it would be too much for me to move to New York for like not a lot of pay, all of that. I would be giving up a lot. So she was like, Anna's hiring. I think you would be perfect. Do you want to at least interview while you're here? And I was just like, uh, like, sure. That would be a fun experience, I, I guess. guess. <laughs> yeah. Like I just never in a million years thought I would actually get it. Like, wow. Just, yeah. So I was there and she literally coached me through everything. This is what Anna's going to ask you. Don't talk too much or like, you know, just be very direct with whatever you're saying. Like, it was just so interesting. And I went through five interviews. I interviewed with her assistants at the time and then HR, all of these people. And the last one was with Anna. And it lasted for five minutes, but I thought I was in there for like an hour. Like, I was sweating. <laughs> oh, my god! Five gosh. minutes. Do you remember what she asked you? <sighs> Honestly, I don't. Oh, she asked me, like, what my hobbies were. And like, I love to do calligraphy. So she was like, oh, okay, that's cool. I just remember her asking me a question like, um, did I, am I knowledgeable? Like, do I know about all of the different magazine titles at Condé Nast? And do I like all of them? And I remember saying no. And I was- <laughs> Wait, I started, no, no to both? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was just- honesty. <laughs> As, as soon as I said that, I was like, crap, like, Jesse, why didn't you just lie? But I was so nervous to say yes. And then she asked me to name off all of them. Uh, and yeah. You're like, no, I don't know them. No, I don't like them. Don't ask me no more questions. <laughs> exactly. But like, I explained it. I was just like, I'm not going to read Golf Digest because I don't like golf, you know, like, so I explained myself. And I think just the mere fact that I wasn't like sugarcoating anything she was just like okay maybe like I guess that was good because the next day I got a call and they're like hey could you start in two weeks wow. and then literally my life just like completely changed just as fast as that interview happened that's how fast my life changed like wow so surreal yeah did you have another assistant with you or did you just kind of have to learn everything from scratch? So at the time we had three assistants working for Anna. So, and I was considered like the third assistant. So I was trained on each section. Yeah. So do the assistants all have different roles and responsibilities? Yeah, yeah okay. they do. Yeah. So when I came in, since I had experience with events, I was over any events that she had at her house, fashion week. And I started, I think a week before fashion week. So I had to dive right into that. And it was kind of like sink or swim. You yeah. Know? <laughs> um, so Fashion Week, any appearances, I really kind of handled any public facing things that she did. That was my job. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you, this is going to be so cheesy. I literally was just talking <laughs> to Talia about this, but do people ask you often if there's any similarity to The Devil Wears Prada? They do. They do. And it was funny. I tried not to watch the movie again before I started because I was like, I don't want to psych myself up. You know, like, let me just see how it is. I think the similarities of real life in the movie is solely just how intense everything is. It's like, mm. you know, you're expected to be on top of everything, expected to like, even if you don't know something, you need to figure out how to do it and quickly. You know, so like the pace that the movie went at mm. <laughs> and the intensity and it is cutthroat. Um, and I'm not saying just working with Anna, I think working in the industry Period. in general. Yeah. 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 So that was a big adjustment for me. 
Yeah. Did you feel um, like the other black girls at Vogue welcomed you in? I know Brittany was sweet because that's our boo. She was, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, um, you hear a lot about fashion being very cliquish, even with the other, you know, black women. So did you feel like they all just kind of band around you? Or was it like there's only one black girl spot and you over there and I'm over here? Yeah. Well, I was fortunate that one of Anna's assistants at the time was actually black as well. And then her executive assistant, who I kind of filled in for, who had left and hired me, she was black. Mm -hmm. So I actually already was surrounded and then having Brittany, and I was only a desk away from her, already having that small little community, I was surrounded by more black people than I expected, to be honest. Um, but I actually was welcomed more by the black staffers um like Naomi I don't know if you know Naomi oh, yeah. yeah she was amazing Choma was amazing everybody was just very inviting because I think we knew there were so few of us there so oh. it was like we have to kind of band together yeah um I did struggle a little bit with some of the other staffers and I think it's just like they didn't have it easy coming in so I think they were like you're gonna have to earn this so they didn't baby me they weren't mean, but they definitely were not going to give me the answers. I had to learn just as fast as they had to when they were in that position. That's really, I'm honestly shocked to hear that, I think, because I feel like with a lot of the things that we hear about the fashion industry, Vogue, Condé Nast, I know there's things that, you know, can't be discussed, but I feel I, I would not have thought at all that there were up to, I think I counted three or four black women who are like immediately around around her I would not yeah. have thought that at all so yeah. I'm actually, that's really that's really interesting yeah and she like leads the diversity and inclusion council for Condé Nast and and that was when I started that was long before any of this happened you know I was actually shocked to find that out yeah um and maybe they weren't black but a lot of the assistants before who um you know rotated out they were Asian and all. So it's always been a little bit more diverse than what the off the full office kind of reflected. In yeah. The media. I so love I'm that. Gonna, I love that. Go ahead. So I was going to say, Talia, I don't know if we can go here. And if you can't answer these, it's fine. We'll, we'll edit it out. But at, what back in June, when things started, you know, happening with um, the pull up or shut up challenge that was going on in the beauty industry, which then trickled into the fashion industry. And really, I think just across all industries mm -hmm. what was the mood like you know and I know you guys were virtual at that time anyway yeah. but what mm -hmm. was what was the mood like because Vogue caught a lot of a lot of heat Anna yeah. Wintour especially you know Condé Nast as a whole I felt like there for like a few days I was just seeing so many posts that were um you know specifically about um either Anna Wintour or Vogue or Condé Nast, like, yeah. can you speak to what, what that mood was like? Because I didn't even know that she, that she led the diversity and inclusion council. Yeah. Left to what I was seeing on Instagram, you know, there was, there was absolutely nothing being done. <laughs> Only white people within yeah. the four walls and that's it. Yeah. I think the mood was, I mean, personally, it was hard for me to kind of, grasp what a lot of people were saying especially about Anna um just because I worked right under her you know and I never 
to be honest, I was never treated any differently than anyone else. And honestly, I think I actually may have gotten treated better, <laughs> better in some instances. And mm-hmm. so it was really challenging because I had to sit there and say, did I like, was I not paying attention to some mm. of these things that were happening? You know, like, I, I don't know, like, it was a very strange time for all of us, I think. I think all of us had to take a step back and figure out where we just kind of turning a blind, like just not paying attention to what was happening because we couldn't do anything about it. Like maybe we couldn't change it. And so we were just like, we're lucky to be here. Let's just move forward. Mm -hmm. And I think some people may have had that mentality, to be honest, like you just start ignoring it because you get so used to it and you're just like, just push on. It's whatever. It's the norm. Um, And so I think it just, everything happening just made every black person within Condé Nast reevaluate how we respond Mm. um, to certain things that we may hear in the office. Um, And I think it's challenged all of us to speak up um, if we think that something is not right or if we think that there should be more representation, I think it's just presented us with a challenge to make a difference from within. Because yeah. I don't, I don't think we can put it only, I mean, it is majority white. So yes, a lot of, yeah. they have to take responsibility, but for the ones that are here in the office, it is our responsibility as well to speak up when we yeah. feel that something is not happening. And to yeah. that point, I think the interesting piece about that for me is that I think for me, I realize that it's a bit of a defense mechanism maybe if you're not speaking up. It's like when you see these videos of the killings and everything on social media, I haven't watched a single one of those videos in maybe over two years. Mm No, any any Black person who has been killed at the hands of police, I have not watched a single of those videos because I'm like, I just can't take it. So I, I wonder too, if some of what you're describing with how you all had to um, kind of question the role that you're playing. If some of that is just a defensive defense mechanism, like, yo, I'm here to work and let me just, let me just try and get this damn work done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cause it's a lot, it's hard enough like, yeah. being black, you know, and then seeing it and then now everybody's depending on your voice. Like, Oh, you're going that one black person. What do you think about this? And it's yeah. just like, I just want to do my job. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, exactly. and that's really real because so first of all, working at Kate Spade, I was under the CMO, right? Mm-hmm. K-State is the whitest place on earth. It's literally fucking Pleasantville. It's like <laughs> 99% white, 99% female, right? Mm-hmm. And when I look back, me telling people how like I didn't experience racism at K, and they're like, oh, you probably don't know like microaggressions. I was like, no, I know what the fuck a microaggression yeah. is. Like, uh-huh. I'm like, I was, it just was not that kind of place, you know, like everyone everyone just kind of welcomed me. Everyone had my back. And I think because I was under Mary, who was the CMO at the time, Mary garnered a lot of respect and everyone needed Mary. And so everyone was nice to me. And then even when I took a marketing position, the girl, the other girl who had that same position, white girl from Texas was treated terribly, terribly, but people (laughs) were nice to me because I was Mary's girl, you know? Uh And so even when I moved around and, and I went on to help start, uh, help restart Jack Spade, I still had that kind of like positioning where people would do things for me that that they wouldn't do for other people because of who I came from. And because me and Mary still had that, 
that relationship. Yeah. And I think that people who aren't executive assistants may not realize that like, you may have like an asshole boss, but you also may not. And you may be able, yes. I don't think people understand how much respect an executive assistant can garner within a company. Yes, exactly. But yeah, because you're looked at as the right hand of that person. Mm -hmm. So most times people who need stuff, they're going through the EA in order to get it. Because I know even I work in in the pharma industry, I was always nice to the um, executive assistants of the functional heads because they were the ones who were going to bump other people's meetings to schedule mine. That's what I'm like. People weren't walking around pushing me in the halls. Like they were, I'm going to get a coffee. Talia, do you want a coffee? Absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's (laughs) exactly how it was. Yeah. Yeah. Talia was like, sugars, please. (laughs) Make sure it's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Like like, I have a very specific coffee um, situation. I like it. I like it lighter than me, but darker than Beyonce. And that's how you know how many creams to get. Okay, and they probably checking and, it. And this is not a surprise to anybody that you have an exact. <laughs> like Mary's assistant is specific. <laughs> Learn from the best, I'm sure. I'm sure Mary was very specific. <laughs> so, no, what cool. was the transition like for you from EA to director of special events? Because it's been like three months. Yeah, well, girl, it's almost been nine. I started in January. Wow. Yeah, it's whew, it's been an adventure. Let's just say that. Um, so even though I had experience in events, working as an assistant, and I had a lot of say and a lot of things that Anna allowed me, you know, to take over, but you're still working from behind the scenes, you know, mm. and I'm not in the meetings and I even, I had an assistant under me who kind of worked as my assistant to help assist Anna, but like, it's just a different vibe on how much you can say your opinion unless, you know, unless you're asked, honestly. And so now going into the director role, I was like, oh crap, I have a team under me. And in meetings, I remember my first meeting, I was sitting with Anna and I was right taking notes and she goes, Jesse, what do you think? And I, I was like, like I forgot why I was there. Like I, you're like, oh, I can have thoughts. Oh, yeah. Hold on, let me get one. <laughs> exactly. I was just like, oh shit. You know, like they're talking about a, an event. Jesse, you have to talk about this. And so, just getting used to using my voice, you wow. know, again was a little bit challenging, um, but like exciting at the same time because it's like, ooh, I finally get to make change. You know, like I get to do all of these different things. Um, but especially in this pandemic, it's been different because the job I've been doing is not what I actually signed up to do. The Met Gala got canceled, you know, like the Vogue Fashion Fund, we're not having that. It's repurposed, you know, as the initiative to help with COVID for the designers. And so it's been different. And I think I've had to learn a lot um, and probably go through a lot that a lot of the directors before me have not had to experience. So just kind of testing it out and trying to figure out which, you know, which yeah. thing suits. So has, has Vogue not done a lot of virtual events over the past several months? So not a lot. Um, we do put with our videography team, you know, we have Good Morning Vogue and we have a lot of video content, but they're not really considered events. events. Yeah. You know, so uh, 
Vogue Forces of Fashion will be the first like yeah. huge event yeah. that we have. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, we did do a speaker series though called the Vogue Global Conversations where it was all of the, I believe we have 26 Vogue titles across the world. So we got to speak with designers and um, carry on these conversations about what's happening right now um, to the fashion industry. So that was our first taste of that, but this will be our first official event that's yeah. happening. Can you yeah. tell us about Good Morning Vogue? Because that's new, new. It's very new. <laughs> um, no, I love it. I think especially in a time like this where we're almost getting kind of tired of just reading I think it's nice that we have the news presented to us in a different way that is more receptive. There's so much information coming and going. So putting it, packaging it in a new way that's like exciting and you actually get to see the people speak, I think is really important, especially on things that are happening right now. Yeah. You know, so I, I honestly have enjoyed it. I think we have three episodes that have been out so far. Um, but I, I think it's really necessary and hopefully it can continue post, you know, um, post-quarantine, post-COVID. Um, yeah, so, but I think it's been nice. Unfortunately, that is with our videography team and not really right. with our events team. So I haven't had, a, like, a lot of interaction with producing those. Got it. Yeah. yeah. You are doing um, the 2020 Forces of Fashion. In yes, ma'am. That is my event. Okay. <laughs> and and can you describe, yeah. yeah, what that is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So every year, this is our first, fourth year that we're doing the Forces of Fashion. And it's a series of exciting conversations with the industry leads, executives, models. We have Lizzo this year, um, designers. And it's really just talking about like, what new projects do we have right, at, right now? Or right now, what's the future of fashion? And how is this going to change? And like, does it make us think about fashion in a different way? Like, will it ever exist in the same way that it did before? So it's those traditional conversations, but we're bringing them to you on a new platform. So we are packaging them a little bit differently, similar to Good Morning Vogue. We want them to be elevated because everybody's kind of bogged down by this, mm -hmm. you know, Zoom constant conversation. So yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah. So we're trying to make it exciting. We have a couple of celebrity drop-ins as well. Um, we have like a little morning wellness session because, you know, you got to get in the right mental space. And I think sometimes we need to take a break and realize that it's okay to take a pause. Yeah. So, um, and we'll also still have networking available for everybody who attends. Nice. Yeah. I think what makes this year um, really, really special is that it's just more accessible. Our tickets are only $125. And even though that's still a lot of money, mm -hmm. um, it was thousands of dollars to attend Before, in person. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really cool because I think we're going to reach an audience that probably would have never been able to attend otherwise. So I think yeah. that's what's really special. And on that note, I think what's interesting about that is because it's like fashion is becoming more accessible yes. to people, right? And people who didn't think of themselves maybe as fashion girls or as being part of that world now get to somewhat experience that. Do you mm -hmm. sense that even within the industry that people are, are realizing that? And is that a shift that you feel like the industry is actually ready to make? 
the last question is going to be, I don't know if they're ready to make that. <laughs> I, I was going <laughs> to say, because you know, fashion, yeah. fashion people, they love that exclusivity about yes. it. Like, and I think just the thing. I, I agree. And I think that's some of the allure to the fashion industry is just like, oh, I aspire to get that. Like, you know, and if you take that away and everybody has it, what makes it special? special. You know? Especially Vogue. Like, that's, yeah. you know, it's bold. It can't be your mama's newspaper. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think it's everyone's trying to find that balance. How can it be accessible, but still like, I don't know, elevated? So I, I don't know. I think that it's important that it is accessible, but that is a challenge that is presented to these designers mm -hmm. is how can you make this palatable for everybody and digestible and, you know, available, yeah. um, but also still a appealing to the people who are richer and who want this exclusivity. So it's hard because yeah. the guess, world's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess if we're talking about fashion, because that leads me to think that in general, when like fashion is, is, is high, high designers, right? Yeah. Like right. that's really that's what it is when we're talking mm -hmm. about fashion and the fashion industry. Yeah. Like it's not, yeah. it's very. Yeah. That's true. Elevated. Yeah. 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 That is true. And I think that's also something that we have to be mindful of is fashion is not just those elite members. It's everybody in between yep. and lower. And so, but that's where the issue of sustainability also comes into play as well, I think. I think that usually we say that the higher designers are making higher quality goods and they're lasting longer. And then you have like Fashion Nova, which I love, mm. but you know, it's fast fashion and it's not so done when your shirt rips. It's <laughs> exactly. So it's like, can you have something that's sustainable and, or not sustainable, excuse me, accessible and still good quality? Yeah. So yeah. what do you, what, there's been a lot of discussion about sustainability in the industry. Yeah. How, <laughs> how would you define it? Cause you know how in beauty, there's no one definition for like clean yeah yeah, yeah. So how would you is there a singular definition for like sustainable fashion Ooh, mm. I don't know if there's just one I think it's just something that I just think of it as quality to be honest like a quality good that can last for a long amount of time and as a result you're not you know sending carbon emissions you're not polluting the world like you yeah. are having a sustainable sustainable good yeah <laughs> so yeah I just think something that's made with quality so that it can last a little bit longer and be preserved for a little bit longer that's yeah. what I get it as yeah that makes sense I mean I yeah like I'm on this whole kick of I buy one pair of luxury shoes every year because mm -hmm. I'm tired of my shoes falling apart it's like <laughs> New York has been hard on my shoes and I was like if I just buy better quality shoes yeah then I can keep them and stop buying these little cheap shoes and they break and then I'm like mm -hmm. gotta go buy another pair of black shoes it's like yeah. you know I was like I'm doing my part and that's how I am. Like all of my shoes are a mess. They're like falling apart. And that this year I'm like, I have to do better. Like instead of, cause I'm an impulse buyer as well. So I'm like, I'll take it, I'll take it. But it doesn't last very long. And so yeah, I'm trying yeah. as well. I'm, I'm definitely, not sure you have, so, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say, I definitely adopted that a few years ago. Like I will buy less, but spend more on it so that I know like it's going to last season after season yep. after mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And Jesse, I know you have some amazing free stuff. So oh, I wait. need to know. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, before we get there, I wanted to ask you one more question. I guess that yeah. was kind of COVID related. Um, so during, you know, this whole period in time, Hanifa, the designer, had this like legendary fashion show with the virtual 3D models. Mm-hmm. What was, first of all, did you watch that like live? Yes, ma'am, I did. Live. Yes. Okay. okay, okay. Yes. What was like people's reactions? Because I watched the replay, but what was like people's reactions? Like you and your colleagues, was everybody like messaging each other? Like, oh my God. Like what was, how, how did that go down? Well, I don't think that we are all messaging each other. Like I was just in awe. And honestly, as soon as I watched it, I am now on Google. Like, how does she do this? Like, I'm going to have to incorporate this into our virtual events. Like I'm now researching because I'm like, this girl is about to set it off. You know, like I was just more excited for her as well. Cause I'm like, this is historic. Like this, I haven't seen this ever, you know? And I was just like, this is really going to take her to the next level. It's so creative. Um, But I think all of us, especially once the replays came out too, like buzz, 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 buzz. Like we have to get her this. We need to get her on this. Like it was really an incredible moment. Yeah. Um, I don't, I personally thought that it should have gotten a little bit more. Press and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Off the rip, you know, like now, yes, everybody, you know, knows about her. Yeah. Um, But I think initially she wasn't given the attention that it needed. Well, she wasn't even given the credit either. Cause I remember, yeah. I think a few weeks later, I don't remember the publication, but somebody, there was another fashion show who used 3d models and they were like, Oh, this is legendary. This is a breakthrough. And social media was in an uproar. They were like, um, of course. yeah. Anifa did that like a month ago. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so people had to like, they had to retract their bylines. Mm-hmm. Because of that. Yeah. I, uh, I hate it here. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and Hanifa's bomb. Like, uh, I she's amazing. It. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, okay. So, what are some of your favorite black designers? Like, I feel like there are a lot more emerging these days. I know. I know. I personally, I don't care if he's from the outskirts of Chicago or not. I have Virgil fatigue, and I could just really use some change. So, yeah. who should we be paying attention to? Ooh, that's a great question. Well, Hanifa, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have to go with my CFDA winners. I like, I love Pierre Moss, Kirby. Like he, when he was competing, I, he was one of the first people like I actually met. So like, and he welcomed me into his like whole family type thing. Like he is just such a great friend um, and so genuine. And to see and learn about his designs and the inspiration he gets, I think is really, really amazing. Um, and what, what are CFDA winners? Oh yeah, so sorry, uh, CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund winners. So we have a competition every year with emerging designers. They compete with their designs and then they get ranked and the winner usually gets funding and mentorship um, to continue with their line. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Kirby came through that. Christopher John Rogers mm-hmm. on that. He was the winner, I think, last year. Um, Aurora James. I Girl, she, talking about sustainable <laughs> shoes. Let me go get some of her shoes. I can't afford them yet, but I'll get them soon. They are expensive. <laughs> They're very expensive. <laughs> um, and then, like, Telfar. Telfar came out of Vogue Fashion Fund as well. So I like his bags. Yeah. Um, I think someone 
recently. I like, I don't know. It's not like I just found him, but Laquan, Laquan, I love him. Yes. Laquan Smith? <laughs> yes. I love him. Yeah. Those are the top of mine. I'm trying to think. I know there's more, but those are the top of mine. I love my Vogue Fashion Fun team, so. Yeah. Yeah. What about y'all? So let me tell you, I am on that Telfar list for a damn bag, girl. I'm like, the moment that email comes through, I'm like, let me just get my bag so I can move on with my day. (laughs) Did you get one of the minis or the big one? I want a mini. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I I have The big ones are huge. And I have so many like big Kate Spade bags still. It's like, I don't have enough like little cute bags. Yes. And there's also this other, I can't even think of the designer. I think the bag says something like, like stop systemic racism or mm-hmm. have you, hmm. do you know what I'm talking about? It says in systemic racism, but it's a black designer. I think it's a man. It's like a little cream colored bag. Have you seen it? Ooh, I literally I think so. I literally like flagged it on, um, let me see if I could just pull it up on my Insta without taking up too much time. And <laughs> there it is right there because I flagged it. Um, Brandon Blackwood, New York. Ooh. So the Insta Brandon has- Blackwood. Yeah, Brandon Blackwood, okay. NYC. His Insta has 31,000 followers, but it's a bag that says in systemic racism. It has sold out twice. Ooh, well, I gotta look at that. Nice. Yes. So I'm into mm-hmm. a lot of Nigerian um, designers just because, you know, heritage. Um, and so I, I really like, there's a woman named, with a brand named Mufa Designs and I just Ooh. think it's phenomenal. And when I go to Nigeria, I buy like at least two. And Imad Iduso, who has these really pretty, they're like clean lines with flair and like bright colors. So I really mm-hmm. like that. Kai Collective. Um, who's based out of the UK, and then mm-hmm. Andra Celeste, who's based in New York. I really like okay. her stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna have to hold on. Let me write somebody. Down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also have you heard of AAU? No. So Mm-mm. she got some. Actually, one of the what's her name? I can't even think of this girl's name. Um, but I can't even think of it. But it's it's these super cute like dresses and like um. I don't know how to describe like dresses and tops, but it's like a dot a u. Oh, okay. Ooh. Bomb. Look at that. Bomb. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, before we move on, because I'm what? gonna kick myself if I don't mention this this woman who I actually really love, and she's in New York, and her name, her brand's name is Oyato. And it's like the flyest Ankara print that you will ever come across and she just her designs are just beautiful like the shape of it all it's so flattering it's just it's like very feminine and very Mm. bold I love it so oh that sounds beautiful girl we're gonna have to be friends on Instagram share all these (laughs) I know I was like I can do this all day Amina Abdul Jalil I love those those shoes yes great we don't, we don't oh, need about cute. it. We don't start a group chat. Absolutely. <laughs> it's needed. Okay. Um, so what month are we in? We're in September. Yes. Um, so it's a pivotal month for fashion. It is. So what's, what are y'all doing over there at Vogue? Cause like, what are you doing? Like, okay. I'll we, never tell. We had the September issue, which was, we did. which was like amazing. So yeah. what, 
I mean, I know that those things are put into place like months before, but yes. like the world shifted and how did you all kind of have to pivot it? Yeah. Well, I mean, we had to pivot fast for sure. Um, Cause you have to be current and you want to be the first to like make change. I think with the hope issue, like I think it was our one chance to really show that we're going to put our money where our mouth is, you know, like mm -hmm. to actually reflect all of the things that we say that we stand for. Yeah. Um, so I personally was just in awe with what they were able to do. And with the 100 voices that they have featured within the pages, that I, I know, amazing. And Candace, mm -hmm. Candace, yeah, Candace, yes. <laughs> she looked amazing. I literally screamed when I saw it. I was like, Candace, do you know? And she's like, yes, I know I'm in there, duh. <laughs> <laughs> She said, girl, send the picture. What you mean? Right. <laughs> we did the Zoom photo shoot. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, it, we definitely had to pivot. We had to work very, very fast. And I think that's something that's really amazing about our team is how we're able to adapt. And honestly, the industry as a whole, like so much has changed. We're barely, I mean, not we're, we're selling magazines, but it's just everything is virtual and to still have something that's print and that is still impactful and meaningful, I think is just a huge accomplishment, especially with what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, September, I think has been challenging just because New York Fashion Week, as we are used to it, is, is it doesn't exist in that format this year. Which is you know? crazy. It's I know. crazy. And like, I've enjoyed the presentations, but it's just kind of like, there's nothing like being there. And yeah. feeling the energy, like the excitement, you know, like it, it's just so different. And I think from watching on a computer, you're distracted, you know, like we have all these distractions. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's what all of us are just challenged with is how do we keep everyone's attention? Yeah. Um, that's how I so, feel about theater too. I'm like, I can't watch no play online. I need to no. be there with the actor. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it's different. Like it's just completely like watching Hamilton. Do you have you guys watched yeah, Hamilton? on the damn TV? Yeah. And like being there, it's just completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, so in the midst of a pandemic, it has been challenging, especially now I'm not a writer, so I don't have to push out these stories as much as they are doing um, yeah. in real time. But I've heard how challenging it is to stay current, especially with the ooh, with Trump happening, just everything happening. Every two seconds, there's news, something there's else. something else. And how do you stay on top of it and still take care of yourself at the same time? And like, right. you know, so I do think it, it, it has been a challenge, but I think that they are doing very, very well with um, making sure to cover all of it. Yeah. That's like. Now, um, yesterday yeah. you attended a show. I did. Yeah. yeah. It, yes. Which looked, Talia and I were talking about that. It looked so bomb. Shout out to Brittany. Was, yes, <laughs> Brittany did so good. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So it was actually in Connecticut. Yes, at his house. Oh, that, that was, was his, his house. That was his house in his backyard. It was a nice house. Gorgeous. Like just for every single piece of that experience from they had a car come pick me up. And like they had it sanitized. Like we actually were watching them sanitize these things. Like it was just from beginning to end, it was just really well thought out. Um, the seats were, you know, six feet apart and we all had staggered arrival times. Um, the show itself was absolutely stunning. And I love how he incorporated the masks because initially yeah. when we went, you know, during quarantine, he was one of the first designers to actually say, hey, I'm going to use 
my fabrics to make these masks for everybody. So it was a beautiful show. And I've actually been fortunate enough when I went to travel with Anna, the only clothes that I was able to fit in were Christians. And his team just always like sent me everything. Cause I'm so sweet. Yeah. Like you mean the only clothes I see you. Girl, no, I, I'm small, but like not small enough. Like I could not fit into half of the designers and I would tell them my size and it still wouldn't fit. And I'm very broad shouldered, all of that. And so he was the one designer that was always like, yes, we'll send you stuff and it always fit. And I just remember sending him a thank you note. And ever since then, he always invited me to his show. And so, so yeah, he gave me a hug. I was just like, oh my gosh, I feel so nice. You know, like I, I just thought it was so cool. But the show was very, very well done. Um, and I think it's really neat to see how everybody has pivoted and is being more creative. You have to think outside of the box, you know? Yeah. So I thought that was really neat. Yeah. Well, you've been to shows all over the world. So aside from the one yesterday, what has your favorite one been? Because I'll be all on your Insta like, oh, she in Paris. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I want to say all of them because each one brings a whole new experience. But um, so during Couture, I got to go to the Dior show. And it was absolutely beautiful. I love Alice in Wonderland. And so it just felt like I had fallen down the rabbit hole. Like each room had a new design. There mm-hmm. were like violinists playing and on the stairs. And then you would walk up the stairs. There's like all these butterfly designs on the walls. And I walk upstairs and then there's just like this huge garden inside a room. Like wow. it was just, and like, Oh, it was trees in there. I don't understand how they did it. I should know because I'm an event planner. I should be able to execute it. But it was just so beautifully done. And then the clothes themselves, it it was amazing. And I think to be in Paris to see that as well just really yeah. added to that experience. So, yeah. yeah. You're so fancy. I mean, can how's dating? Because it sounds like you you fancier than these men can afford. I don't know what that word is. I dating does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what's the day? I haven't dated since I got to New York. <laughs> Girl. Okay. So half, I mean, I love my gay men. Absolutely. But that's all I work with. I, mm-hmm. in, in, in my industry, you know, they either, I mean, they're straight guys. Don't get me wrong. You know, but like, there's a lot of models when I'm going to these events and I'm like, okay, you're a little bit, not my, you know, a little full of yourself. And I don't, I never know if they're wanting to be with me so that they can be on the cover of Vogue, you know, like I'm just very cautious Mm. with how I move, you know? So it's been a little bit difficult for me to be honest. Um, But yeah, we'll get there. God got me somehow. Hopefully soon. Hopefully (laughs) soon. (laughs) So I'm interested in some of like, some more behind the scenes stuff that people are probably interested in. I think Talia had started on a question, like how much, if at all, free stuff do you get? <laughs> and, and why didn't you share any with me? I used to live in Brooklyn. Girl, it's only because I have a sister, and so she gets first dibs on everything. Yeah. Um, so a lot of I got a lot of more free stuff when I was in Anna's office. Okay. Um, just okay. with the association, whenever they would send her something, they said okay. they would send me something as well. So like I think my favorite gifts. Um, even especially I remember my first year I was so shocked that they even knew I was in the office but Chanel they sent us a purse every year so I was just like yeah (laughs) yeah so it that was beautiful so I got a lot of bags tons of bags yeah I had this beautiful off-white coat I know you said you weren't 
really feeling Virgil, but uh, it's, this, it's this beautiful, it's pink and it's my favorite coat ever. Like, well, it's giving me Harlem cam vibes. So yeah. You can wear it. <laughs> okay. Perfect. So yeah, it was more so the accessories. Cause again, yeah. I'm not your traditional model type. So I think clothes were a little bit harder for me. Yeah. Um, but I love the accessories, tons of face products, all of it. I, mm. I yeah. Like Charlotte Tilbury, honey. <laughs> so much of that like obsessed I love it yeah but it's nice but it is nice especially working in her office like if she had something and I needed a gift for my dad or something like that I could reach out to them and they were always willing to help and I that's think really sweet yeah I think that's what's nice even now they would do that working with Vogue they're like yeah we'll help you out Aww, so it's nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so what's it, I guess, how have you navigated those relationships so that it's just not like, so that you can take them with you throughout life? Like what, yeah. what are some, some tips you have for just kind of navigating relationships and building those bonds? Yeah, I think just making sure that I create genuine bonds, like being very honest uh, with what I wanted. And I think that like everyone knows that we all have connections and, you know, I think just making them know that I'm genuinely wanting to get to know them as a person and yeah. not for what they could do for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that really changed how people, you know, saw me and interacted with me. Like say someone came and met with Anna and I really admired them and they said something to me, I would follow up and be like, it was so nice seeing you and just, you know, making sure that I'm reaching out saying, if you ever need anything, like I'm here to help or, it was, you know, just small things, loved your shoes, like, yeah, just small little things that I noticed. Um, I think people, they go a long way, to be honest. Um, and just being very intentional with any messaging that I'm like any discussions that I'm having, I just made sure that, you know, this is what I want. And just being honest. I, yeah, I think that's really it. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it, it really has been like networking for me has been very challenging. I'm kind of an awkward person. And like, I was always scared to go up to someone and say, hey, like, would you mind doing an informational with me or telling me about your journey? That always made me so nervous because I'm like, they're going to think that I'm like some groupie or something, you know? And so I had to get out of that because it's like closed mouths do not get fed. Yeah. And if I want something, I have to speak up and ask for it. Because yeah. I already don't have it. So what's the worst they can say? No. And then exactly. I just, you know, so it no, took me a while. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand. Networking is not, at least for me, it is not a fun thing. If mm. I know I have to network, I literally like need to mentally prepare for yeah. it. Because I don't yeah. like talking to strangers. Mm -hmm. I don't, like, I'm not one of those people who finds it like easy to just pick up a conversation. I really only want to talk to the people that I know. I really only want to hang out with my friends. <laughs> yeah. So I have yeah. to like intentionally put myself like, you know, in that mind frame to be yeah. like, let me have this conversation because I need to actually meet people. Exactly. Are there any like mentoring programs or any, like what do people, what do up and coming people do? Like, what can they do? You know, like how can we, well, I, I guess that may be something that like, um, like what Candace is doing with like black in corporate or maybe yeah. like the, the black in fashion council, just to create opportunities where like, you know, let's say I am interested in working at Vogue, you know, and, yeah. and I'm black. It's, it's like, what can I, 
how do I like, do I just send you an email? Like, Hey girl, heard you on the pot, you know, like what do people do? Well, I found that like sending emails has actually like, I remember someone was like, Oh, can I just email you? And I was like, yeah, but then I tell so many people that they can email me and then I never actually get to it. And I'm like, Oh, I understand why when I try to email someone, they never got back to me. So I, I understand that I, I want to say, oh, just email them and say hi, but it is a little bit more complicated than that. Um, I always just say, just to put yourself out there, like, say you follow me on Instagram, like commenting or sending small messages, like I try to get to all of them as much as I can. Um, if you don't have that immediate access to them or if they're not responding, I think people forget how important it is to also network on the same level as yourself as well mm-hmm. you know there's so many people who are going after similar yep. you know dreams and you can't count them out because if I make it and I knew to leave like girl I know where you want to do this like we come made up it. with me exactly and, and so I think that you have to remember to use the resources that you do have Um, if you know that there's like, if I say I'm doing community service, go out to that community service and, you know, talk, I think you just have to really do your research. And I think sometimes with Instagram and social media, we've become kind of lazy, um, and forget to do the work behind it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you can send a message, but like actually go out, do your research. What organizations are out there? Like what meetup groups are out there, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe take that extra step to see what other organizations they're a part of and try to meet them in that way. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think the most important thing is do not forget the people who are on the same level as you and go up with them. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's really what's helped me to be honest. All the assistants are not assistants anymore and they're doing something else. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I would do, do, do you want to get into these routines? Yes. I was just going to ask that. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about how you self care. So you, your job sounds stressful. It is. <laughs> it and like is. You, and like you always have to be on. And I know. Yeah. So what do you do to take care of yourself? Yeah. To be honest, before we went into quarantine, I didn't do much. My self-care was maybe I would find 30 minutes to like watch a TV show or something where I would go out. But that would just make me more tired sometimes when I would go out with friends. I think now that we've had the opportunity to kind of slow down, I found out that like I love to run. So like I'll go on a run early in the morning a couple of miles. Um, I found the Calm app and I love that. So like right before I have to work, I try to get in a headspace where it's like, okay, and just take a deep breath before I throw myself into the fire at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think those two are the most important. Ooh, about to sneeze. Go on, um, sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Um, so that, and then I think, honestly, taking the time, like even if it's just five minutes and calling my mom <laughs> and just saying hi. Like, I think sometimes we get in our own little bubble and it's only work and, yeah. you know, just Instagram and you're just, stuck in this space and I think it's nice to just be grounded a little bit and just have talk to someone who just has known you they don't expect anything of you it's just like pure good conversation so I think those three things have helped well you've been in the Hamptons all summer sis girl I was like come on African-American with your African-American house (laughs) we trying we out here girl we out here like okay (laughs) out here with masks though out here with masks (laughs) 
your birthday. Happy belated it birthday. It was. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was so much fun. And, you know, again, we, you stay kind of trapped in your house for several months and you're like, okay, we finally have a little bit of a relief. We can get out um, safely. Right. So it was really nice to have a little bit of an escape and change of scenery. I loved it. So, yeah. You mentioned to us um, before we, we started recording that yeah. you have dry skin. What are you doing for your Ooh. skin? When I tell you dry, y'all, dry. <laughs> I could put Vaseline on my face and it be absorbed within 30 what? minutes. Yes, it is dry. So yeah, I've changed, I've tried a lot of different things. I think it's just drinking tons and tons of water (laughs) Um, has been the biggest thing. I even gone to the dermatologist. They said a lot of it has been brought on by stress. Wow. And it's just amazing how your body reacts to, you know, different things that you're doing. So have to just learn how to be at peace, do my self care. And then I feel that that actually does help my skin outside of the products that I put on it. What are the products you're, you're using? Yeah, for the girls yeah. with dry skin. Yeah, so honestly, the thing that has consistently helped me is I'm a Kiehl's girl. I know some people are like, oh, I don't know. I actually love Kiehl's. I love Kiehl's, yeah. Yeah, they have this like deep moisture. They don't sell it. In, they used to have these little small jars. Now they sell it in a big jar mm-hmm. that's like, or maybe they had the big jars and now they sell in the small. But it, it's expensive. But I love it. And initially I look greasy, but again, it absorbs and it's just like, it feels like heaven. It's the moisturizer? Yeah, the moisturizer. And I use the whole product system. I'm trying, I actually switched up to this skincare. I got this skincare um, kit for free from my friend, another per- perk. Um, <laughs> but it's Augustinus Bader, I think is how you Oh, yeah, it. I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I've been using them. And then so they have um, a moisturizer that's just like a cream milk moisturizer. And then I put on the Mario Badesco, the little spray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I like to use the Augustinus. He has like an oil. I'm like, okay, get all the oils in, please. And then I top that with the Charlotte Tilbury. She has that uh, moisturizer. She has like this really amazing, I think it's called like a magic moisturizer. Something. Mm. So I put that on. I can go get the products here. I have So the Kiehl's, is that the ultra, ultra face? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I will use that one. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite moisturizers. You know what you should try though for for dry skin? Um, Yes, please let me know. One Love Organics, they okay. have a Wonder Balm or like a Wonder Salve, like I forget what it's called. I think it's called a Wonder Balm. It is phenomenal. It's my nighttime mm. moisturizer. Is that black owned? No, it's not. But mm. it's a it's a clean beauty, like organic, vegan, cruelty free. It's definitely a clean beauty brand, but it is it's so good. And see, that's skin. what I need. And my thing is, it's so Kills is the one line that I consistently use that I know it could really help my skin but I started switching I'm someone I love packaging so I started switching to these other brands testing them out and I think I may actually have to go back to Kiehl's to be honest because like it's just like that yeah it doesn't leave you greasy or oily it's a good one yeah but you're saying black owned brands are there any that you guys love to use so I have again of some that I am planning to purchase. I'm not a person who can have a bunch of skincare because I like to actually use what I have, see if it works. If I yeah. continue to purchase, it just, 
I won't really use it and I won't be able to mm-hmm. it effective. Yeah. So none that I would recommend, but there are definitely some that I plan to. Try. Yeah. And I'm always up for trying it, trying anything. I'm trying to think. I'm like, as far as, uh, I mean, because even my, um, my skin gets really dry at night. So I alternate between like Kiehl's ultra hydration mask. Yep. That's what I use. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then I wake up and my skin is great. And on the nights when I don't do that, I do the Mario Badesco seaweed um, moisturizer. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, but black owned, I mean, and again, because I'm a, about to try to do that black girl swap, mm-hmm. I'm on the same page of trying to like figure out like what works. Yeah. Um, I don't know yet, but we gonna we gonna do. Our we gonna stuff. see. <laughs> there are there are two brands that I I'm planning to try. One is beneath your is beneath your mask. Mask, yeah. Ooh. And the other one is from Chicago. Yep. And the other oh. one is Fifty Four Thrones face oil and I believe a moisturizer but I've been like they've been they're like high up on my list I just mm-hmm. trying to wait till I get through some of my products that I can yeah and that yeah that see that's the same for me I'm just like let me just finish this little bottle let me get the mm-hmm. last of it mm-hmm. so yeah I need to stop switching <laughs> um, <laughs> so what so yeah. what do you do for wait do you do any like I guess I don't know if you do them now with you know the pandemic but what do you do? Do you get facials? Do you get any kind of like beauty services? Eyebrows, because I see these eyebrows look good. Yes, I do get my eyebrows done all the time. I'm all about eyebrows. I will go to the grocery store, not take a shower, not wash my face, but I got my eyebrows on. Like, what? Um, no, I just, I get my eyebrows done at Anastasia Brow Studio. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, they have it on 5th above the Sephora. So mm-hmm. I just go there. Um do they like fill your brows into also or tint them or they just shape them uh they just shape them but they can't they'll use their own products to you going into the city you've been on the train yes girl i've been on the train since february oh i got that n95 and i was like let's go we moving (laughs) (laughs) if you can Um, go on a plane you can go on a train girl i ain't been on that train up trains be looking packed like sardines honestly they're so empty i like always have a cart to myself like you there's that homeless person in the corner. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Those be the ones that smell bad. When I don't see nobody, I'll be like, no, nah, somebody pooed in there. I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> no, you're definitely right. There are some like that for sure. <laughs> Ooh. But yeah, um, beauty services. So I, w- I would love to get more facials. And whenever I go in there, they're like, your skin looks great when you're like looking at me. But when you get close, it's like so dry. And so they tell me I should go more frequently, but it's just like, it's such, it's just like a luxury experience that I just, I honestly, I can't afford right now. Um, So, but yeah, I would love to do more facials. Um, When you're ready, I have a black owned spa in Brooklyn and a black owned, um, I have two or one, one black owned place where I get my mani-pedis all in Brooklyn. Cause I love Brooklyn. So wax, (laughs) (laughs) I love Brooklyn. I love that girl. Yes, I will take all of that. Because really, I'm a very simple person. Like even when it comes to makeup, again, I have my eyebrows, I'll do a little mascara, maybe some eyeliner and like an overdrawn lip, maybe a little blush, maybe, but I don't wear a lot of foundation. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm very simple. So even when it comes to my skincare routine, it's just like as long as I have a moisturizer and oil, and the cleanser, that's all I need. Cause like, 
I, I can't, I'm always moving so fast in every other aspect of my life. It's like, yep. give me something that's simplified. Mm-hmm. I swear um, everybody we've had on the podcast is the same way with uh-huh. that. Everybody's like, doesn't really do a lot makeup wise. Yeah. Don't care to do a lot makeup wise. And that's Do you that. have on something now? Foundation or something? I have on concealer down here and then my eyebrows done. Look gloss, Fenty gloss. So what, <laughs> what are your favorite makeup products? So you do mascara, you do blush, gloss, yes. and concealer. Are you wearing yeah. Col- Kosas mascara? No, I Girl, am. Get into it. it it's is good. Oh, it's so good. And it's clean. It's so good. Okay. Okay, well, I, for my birthday, I did get eyelash extensions, so I don't really have mascara on right now. But I, Pat McGrath, I have been using hers, and it is love. Girl, I just spent $45 on lipstick, but because she got that sale going on, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I, can, I can get, get it into it. Yes, and get her eyeliner. Her eyeliner is perfect. The precision. That's my Mm. shit. That eyeliner is my shit. And and the packaging. I just like the packaging. It's beautiful. (laughs) I love it. I love her. I have tried her liners, but I'm definitely a fan of her lipstick. Yes, it it just, it's made for us. You know, like it shows up, it's pigmented. And that's what I appreciate. It is a little expensive, but Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Um, so, so yeah, mascara, you said eyeliner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I do Anastasia. I don't know if it's Anastasia or Anastasia that for the dip brow gel and then concealers, Pat McGrath as well. And then Fenty lip gloss. And then is it NYX? Is that how you pronounce mm, it? I'll that? say NYX. Yeah. Girl, I over, I always try to overdraw my lips and stuff. It'd be rubbing off, but hey, I, I just reapply, I just reapply it. So but that's where, really it. What's the point of overdrawing? Is it to make them look bigger? Yeah, to make them look okay. a little fuller. Okay. And so you, I used to do a matte, like, uh, matte lipstick as well, because that always made them look fuller for some reason. Mm. Um, but now I'm all about the gloss, because I'm like, I want dewy, 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 dewy. So <laughs> anything that's, like, glowy, put it on me. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, and let's talk about hair. You mentioned yes. I think yes. Talia wanted to ask you Yes, I have a very specific hair question. Girl, this hit bob me. that you wear Ooh. on Insta, is, mm-hmm. this, is this a wig? That is my favorite wig, girl. That is my favorite wig. I was wig. like, I need the deep. First of all, I don't know who is going to braid my hair small enough to fit a straight ass wig, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a lot of hair. <laughs> I was like, you got to really braid that hair to get one of them straight wigs on. But that bob looks so good. I was like, Thank look, you. I, I want a blonde one so I could just be, you know. Brand new, brand new girl, Megan Thee Stallion. Girl, you can do it. And guess how much it was? It literally, I'm 30. pretty sure, almost, almost. It was 65. Okay. It, yes. And so I did have to do a little bit with it because I was looking like Lord Farquaad a little bit. <laughs> and I was like, hold up. <laughs> I can't be having this thick bob. Like, so I had to do a lot of plucking, a lot of shears and cutting and stuff to it. But like, I love it. It is my go-to and I love that I can just throw it off, especially you when it's it hot. You did it yourself? You do the, the cutting, the Girl, thinning out yourself? It's been a long quarantine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am always impressed by people that can take their wig and make it into something. I, I trimmed one of my wigs for the first time with Talia on FaceTime. Like, hold yes. on a second. Do I? Oh, FaceTime. I was like, dude, you got this. You don't even need me. I was like, I need moral support. <laughs> I was watching. Yes. I was watching all of the YouTube's 
channels and they told me so you can get um like for the lace if it's too bright and you can see like the little holes in it you can put like a band-aid on it or um oh, wow what is it like bandage tape that you would use like to wrap up your arm or a scar like scar tape you can put it on there and it fills in the holes girl and you can get it on Amazon for like $10. I'll send the you a link. Tips and tricks. Mm-hmm. Oh, where'd you yep. get the wig from? Love me hair. Oh, love me hair. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I'm trying to do a little blonde bob or like a little red bob. I'm trying to be Absolutely. saucy while I can, you know, yes. I'm feeling ambitious. I was like, let me switch it up. Absolutely. I'm all for it. And I used to hate it because, again, I was just like, uh, I, I'm, I'm sad to say this, but I'd be like, do I look ghetto? Like, do I not look appropriate for work? Like, do I look too hood? Like, just because you, I have a different color wig on every day. And it's just like, who cares? Yeah. You know, you see, vibes all in the office. Right. And I hate to even call our own, like my yeah. own people ghetto or whatever, right. because they got a wig on, but it's just like, you get so accustomed to hearing mm-hmm. other people calling us ghetto. Cause we look like that. Yeah. You know? And, um, but then you see, like, the white girls, they have pink hair one day. And Since they were seven. Pur- Since they were seven. Exactly. Exactly. And so, and I, and I was always so scared of people seeing the lace. And all of a sudden, it's just like, whatever I want to do to protect my hair, that's what I'm going to do. Just do it. And just go with it. And yeah. I, honestly, I love it. It's been a lifesaver. I love it, too. I'm going to get it. I'm going to figure this out. Getting into <laughs> these wigs. Okay. Um, so, beauty moment. Let's talk about beauty moments. All right, Tilly, do you have anything else first before we? Mm-mm, I need to think of my beauty moment. Go on here. Me too. So, a beauty moment is something that is good, bad, ugly that has happened over the week. It could be related to your skin, your hair, just how you feel, nails, okay. whatever. We have talked Ooh. about damn near everything. We've talked about our laser hair removal. I got a good one. Booty facials. Booty facials. What? You can get you can get that at that black owned spa in Brooklyn. I told you about, girl. Yeah. Oh, shut up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, Leah, since you have one, you go first because I don't have mine yet. Okay. Um, I did have one. What was I going to say? Oh, okay. So, I recently relocated uh, back home to Chicago, and I am in search of a black owned nail salon. I am in search of a black owned. Um, uh, like wax place. And when I tell you that it is like, no one can help me. Like everyone's like, no. Nah. And I was like, Chicago's a big ass city y'all. Like, yeah. there, like there, there has to be black owned places because everything I do in Brooklyn is black owned. So trying mm-hmm. to find like my beauty luxuries in Chicago uh, and granted, I, I've been here for a week, right? So maybe something will come up. I'm sure but, it will. But when yeah, I'm texting, a little bit. When I'm right. texting all of my friends, they're like, "No, I don't go to a black-owned place." And I'm like, yeah. "Why not?" And they like, "Cause I can't, I can't find these things." Meanwhile, in Brooklyn, I can name seven black-owned mm-hmm. nail salons, and you know, I'm just like, "So that's my thing." I'm mad, disappointed, y'all. Hmm. I got to figure this out. Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. And honestly, I think I need to do a better job at looking up black owned places. I think again, we kind of get comfortable, like whatever's closest, let me just go there. And so I need to do my research. Yeah. You don't don't even need to. I got all the lists. I know all the Girl, I appreciate you. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Mine is not something that has happened yet, but I made an appointment for a facial next week and it is the 
first facial that I will have since February. So I'm looking forward to it. I've been low-key following this lady for a little while. She's in Philly where I live. And mm-hmm. um, one of my friends, shout out to you, Ryan. Um, she like posted on her Insta story that she got a facial from there and like had recorded some of the footage. And I was like, oh, girl, you're skin. Like, this is how I am. And I'm like, yes, yes. So... <laughs> All in her pores. Right. I literally booked the appointment that day. So I'm hyped. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. My skin has been showing in its ass since like. It looks beautiful. Thank you very much. This is a good week. Okay. Like when I tell you I've been breaking out consistently since July. So I'm just looking forward to getting this under control. Absolutely. You guys are selling me on this facial. Let me get it together. I I haven't had a facial either uh, since uh, mm, years. I haven't had a facial in years. Last time I had a facial, I was was on this boat in uh, Montreal because Montreal has a boat that's a spa. Um, And back when I, back when I, look, back when I used to be fancy as fuck, you could fly from New York to Montreal in what, 45 minutes? I used to fly to Montreal for like three days to go shopping and eat vegan food because they have some of the best vegan food and then just fly right the fuck back. What life were you living? Girl, look. Oh look. my gosh. This was my um my good old Sex in the City days. I was like, I'm just gonna fly to Montreal, girl. Come right on back. Mm-hmm. Two, two days. Come back with yes. all my luggage. Like, this my new stuff. Yes. Okay, so speaking of Sex in the City, I was, I've been binge watching it again. Mm-hmm. And so... One thing they were talking about, you said the good, bad, and the ugly, right? You can tell. Okay, okay. (laughs) So they were just talking about, like, how they don't like it completely bald. Their vagina. vagina. Can I say vagina? Yes! (laughs) I'm so excited where this is going. I don't know, but I'm excited. Okay, so they keep talking about that. And so I was like, do I let mine grow out? Because when I think, I just got a wax for for my birthday, but I have scarring like on the sides and I don't know if that's just ingrown hair I don't know where that's coming from yeah like scarring right on the bikini line and it's not cute because sometimes it's a scar you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so and it's just kind of just like little black you know and it's not cute and so I'm like I don't want it growing and curling over my bathing suit but like you know I'm just wondering like how do you guys feel about First of all, vagina face, vajacials, is that how you call it? Vajacials. Vajacial, have you gotten one? And then also about like having it completely bald. Like, do you? Dooney and Alita, so go ahead first, Dooney. No, but listen, so I- She dragged never, me when I wanted to let my I little have, pubes grow out. She no, dragged me for filth on this podcast. For context, she wanted to let her little pubes grow out and then go out in public with your bathing suit on the beach. That's what I dragged. <laughs> So I have never had a vajacial, but okay. I am in the process of doing laser hair removal. I just had my fourth appointment and I told them, I was like, I was like, there's certain areas where I don't want them to do anymore because I don't yeah. want it completely bald. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to look like a newborn baby down yeah, there. Yeah, that's what my I'm sister like, says. She's like, about that kind of freaks me out a little bit. Like, I'm a grown woman. Like, let, let some of them hairs be there, but I don't want them on like the sides. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want I it mean, on the front of my vagina. A little. I like a bare ass vagina. Like, Do I go know? and get, 
like traditionally i'd be right at unike in brooklyn heights getting a bald ass vagina and oh, really <laughs> yeah that's I why mean, it, it was such a big deal when i let them little pubes grow out when unike was closed i was like maybe i could do this and Dooney was like actually no you can't <laughs> no, no. So no, no, no. Now Again, I'm back. Context. <laughs> no, you can't. And then go on to the beach with your outgrown right. pubes along the sides. And oh. that's the thing. It's like, okay, you just can't have it where other, everybody else can see it. Yeah. I mean, so do you, do both of you typically get waxes like on a routine basis? Because, yes. okay, so I'm going to be honest. Like, I, when, if it's not hot out, if I'm not going to be in a bathing suit, then I typically was not like, it was just I don't like body hair like it was a complete force down there but it's because I mean complete like (laughs) I would trim it (laughs) but other than that the thing is an Amazon but it's because waxing would give me such terrible ingrown hairs yes that so it would be like smooth for like the first week and then that second week it would be such horrible ingrown hairs and for years I would try and figure out what I could do, exfoliate two to three days before, put these mm. solutions, nothing helps. I, I got to a point where I was just like, it's not worth it. Cause yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it hurt and it's like I don't get nasty. Yeah. I so that, that's I'm actually what angry. led me to do laser hair removal. Cause I was like, that's I'm scared to do that. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that's going to hurt. I know it's waxing like, hurts, but like. It hurts. I put numbing cream on there. <laughs> And it still hurts? No, 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 no. No, it's better. It's better, okay. but, I, but I ain't gonna hold you. This <laughs> I'm still on the thing, like... <laughs> like, literally, when I get off the table, the paper is stuck to my back. I sweat so badly. Okay, I can't. it is sweaty. I do get hot. But I think that if you're used to... I've been getting hard waxes mm-hmm. forever. Like, the hair is literally, like, I mean the finest hair it don't even grow you, you trained it right like trained it doesn't it. grow them a forest i couldn't grow a forest if i tried it doesn't grow that oh, much. i could like, yeah, girl, let me tell you something <laughs> <laughs> <Should we? laughs> uh, i wish my i wish my uh, actual hair would grow like that you tell it? <laughs> look <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, all right, you ready so, for rapid fire? Yes, rapid okay. fire. All right, so rapid fire. I'm going to ask you questions. Some of them will be either or. Say the first thing that comes to mind. If it's not an either or, like literally, first thing that comes to mind, just say it, okay? I will okay. rush you. <laughs> if you could buy any type of food right now, what would you buy? Ramen. What color is your toothbrush? White. <laughs> <laughs> the answer. He's like, do I have a toothbrush? <laughs> if you could be any animal, what would it be and why? Ooh. Uh, 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 panda. I like them because they're cute. Who do, you ad- <laughs> who do you admire the most? My mom. Are you a morning or a night person? Morning. What's your favorite hobby? Eating. <laughs> Calligraphy, maybe? I was going to say, and, and I remember... <laughs> You said first thing. I did. And I was going to say, I'm so upset because I had wanted to ask you about the calligraphy too. All right. Describe yourself in three words. Goofy, um, black, and (laughs) um, determined. If you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be and why? Ooh. 
Oh, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say what I was going to say. Say it. I was going to say Kim Kardashian. <laughs> and, and, why? It and why? And why? I just want to know how it must feel to have like everybody, like just everything, all that money can go anywhere, the clothes, the attention. <laughs> if you could talk to the president, what would you talk about? Ooh, uh, not uh, shit. Everything. Um, why is he like how, like, why is he like that? Why is his hair like that? Why is he still holding on to it? Why are you like that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. What TV sitcom family would you be a member of? I want to say the Cosbys. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. It's the Cosbys. It's not like his family. It's right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so loud. Yeah, Ooh, okay, perfect. So or Fresh Prince, I would like to be a part of. What was his, uh, Philip Banks? Uncle Phil. Uncle mm -hmm. Phil. But was their last name Banks? The Banks? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. You know, I was actually having, I know we, we got to go because we done held you over. Oh, girl. But I was actually um, considering, like, who would I want my, like, TV dad to be? And I was like, I would want Uncle Phil. Like, I love Uncle Phil. He was And funny. I also thought Will Smith had the best mama. His mama was great. Yes. Like his actual mama, when she came to visit, I was like, that's a cool ass mama. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> or mama. what about Oscar Proud? I liked him as a dad. That's a cartoon though, but yeah. Well. I you. Yeah. <laughs> you Damn. can't really be in that family. <laughs> Shoot her home. Her home. Be in that family. <laughs> you a real person. Real Jessica. people only, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. You're a real person. <laughs> uh. Um, okay, so let's take let's take two minutes for you to tell us about your calligraphy business and if, yeah. if it's for well not if it's for sale if you sell calligraphy. Yeah, so I started it off as a hobby when I was doing events at the Kennedy Center in D.C. Mm -hmm. And because I just had I love writing, I love pens, all of that. Like I'm just obsessed with it. And so I took like one workshop and then just started practicing and it really kind of took off from there. I've done uh, calligraphy for weddings, like Anna's daughter's wedding. I did the calligraphy for that, which was fun. Oh, that's yeah. Did and like, all you? yes, okay. I did get paid. <laughs> <laughs> I did get paid. Um, and then like, just, I usually do it just for friends, to be honest. I feel like this pressure, if I like, Honestly, if I open it up, I'm like, it's not going to be fun anymore if I feel pressured to always do it. So it's really just a hobby for me. But like, I always do it. When y'all get married, I got you. I'll hook you Girl, up. I, I'm, <laughs> you literally took the thought out of my head. Yes. I was about to be like, so when I get married, you're not going right. to do the station. I got you. I got you. It's yeah. not a business open to the public, just a business for us. <laughs> yes, exactly. I tried doing it to the public, but like it, it was just a little bit more difficult. Yeah. I don't think I was ready for it yet, but we'll see. Time will tell. Okay. <laughs> I mean, look, side hustles, people be having them. Girl, and I need the money. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, our final question before we let you go is why yeah. does beauty need you? Why does beauty need me? Beauty needs me because I am uniquely beautiful and I think that every type of beauty should be represented um and yeah I just I think that I'm pretty cool and I I represent so much that is out there in the world and I just I think that I'm a reflection of what beauty is beautiful. hell yeah <laughs>
thank you, Jessica, for coming <laughs> onto the pod. We had such thank a good you. time with you. All right, Beauty Needs Me fam. Until next time, bye. Bye.